Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. We're in our, our series of The Church That Acts. And in the last few weeks, we, we've looked at being sent, being sent by Jesus. Um, the youth brought us that message, which was a great Sunday, and you missed out definitely if you weren't here. And then last week, we had Emma speak to us about being loved by the Father and, and how um, that's just like so important for us to, to know that, um, to understand that, that our Heavenly Father loves us and the, the power that that has for us as a Christian. And then today I'm bringing us the, the message or, on this topic of being filled by the Holy Spirit. So we've looked at the Son, we've looked at the Father, and now we're looking at the Holy Spirit. And I want to um, ask these sort of rhetorical questions. Let me just get my timer up so I know where I'm at. Um, is one, like, so what part does the Holy Spirit play in our lives today? And and then also, like, why would we even want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? That's some of the questions that I thought in preparing for this. Like, we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, why would I even want to do that? What, is that just something that I have to do, or is that a choice that I make? Because as, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking that, you know, the Holy Spirit is often, or can often be this thing, we assign to be a thing, that we forget about. He's like, we, we have God the Father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And, and we can almost like compute that in our minds. Yeah, God is a heavenly father. And, I, and because I, I, may, I, or I have a, a, a physical father, um, I can understand that relationship a little bit. And then we talk about Jesus, this man, and everything is about Jesus. As a, you know, an evangelical Christian, everything is about Jesus and this man, Jesus. And, so, and because I'm a human, I can sort of relate a little bit to this person being called Jesus. But then we get to the Holy Spirit, who's the third part of the Trinity of the Godhead. And we kind of, I feel like sometimes we just forget about him. We forget, because we don't really understand like, what he is, who he is. He can often be forgotten. I was thinking, like, what, what is that like in this day and age? And these are really lame examples. But I was like, he's like the Ron Weasley in the trio of Harry Potter. <laughs> he like, gets forgotten about. He's the odd one out sort of thing. He's not the main man, is he? Or I was thinking, he's the James May of the old Top Gear gang, <laughs> isn't he? He's like the one that you just like, he's the butt of all the jokes and all of that. And you just like forget about him. You don't think about him if you think of Top Gear. You don't think of necessarily James Mayer. I was thinking, we, if, we're, if we're missing the Holy Spirit, then we are missing a huge, huge part of what it is to be a Christian, of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We, we almost uh, go as far to say it's like, we're useless really if we just forget about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to unpack that a little bit more today. So I want us to read, we're going to be jumping into Acts. So if you can um, open your Bibles, turn your Bibles on, or just listen to my voice, I'm going to read it for us. It says this, Acts 1, 4 to 8. While he was with them, he and this is Jesus with the disciples, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise. 
which he said, you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we welcome your Holy Spirit this morning in this place. Lord, we don't want to be a people that forget the Holy Spirit. But Lord, we invite your Spirit to come and move in power right now. Lord, would you open our hearts to receiving your Spirit this morning? The transformation uh, that your Spirit brings, Father, I pray that we would witness that this morning. Lord, as you called your disciples to be witnesses to all the earth, Lord, I pray that we would take that upon ourselves, but not because we can do it, but because we know you do it in us and through us. Jesus, we welcome you into this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place and we just say, breathe on us again. Breathe on us again. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we all have probably heard of this debate that goes along um, in society about uh, religion versus relationship. And we, as, as Christians, you know, we're, we're, like, we're, it's, we're not religion because that's what, um, what you do. You know, we don't believe that we are saved by our works. That Christianity is all about relationship, which is who you know. I know my Heavenly Father. I know Jesus and what he's done for me. And I accept that and I welcome that into my life. And here in Acts 1, we don't see religion. We don't see something that is um, all about uh, ritual and rules and what you've got to do um, in order to be saved and to, to be in relationship with Jesus. But what we see is relationship. What we see is Jesus with his disciples giving them some instruction about what is to come for them and how they are going to impact the world. We see that actually in Acts 1, this is the catalyst of the church. This is where it all begins, this relationship between God and his people, his chosen people. You see, Jesus had his chosen 12 that he was with, but we are also included in his chosen people. This is, um, this is the mission, the message that's made personal, that's made intimate, that's made for each and every disciple. Jesus is saying, I'm going, but I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. For each and every one of you. And he says, doesn't he, you're going to be my witnesses across all the lands for everyone. I don't know if you've seen this um, series that's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's called This Is Us. I know some people love it, some people hate it. Forgive me, I watch it. So um, I'm just going to share. There's this moment in, that, um, in one of the episodes. There's this couple who are, uh, they've struggled to have a, a baby, struggled to get pregnant, but they find themselves pregnant. And the guy, he's like reluctant to really admit it. He's reluctant to refer to the baby as a baby. And it's kind of like refers to it as it, you know, or doesn't want to really engage with conversation. I feel like sometimes we can be a little bit like that with the Holy Spirit. If we don't name him, if we don't see him as who he is, then we're always going to keep him at arm's length. You know, like when we, when we want to be in relationship with someone, we, it's 
It's personal, isn't it? It's a name. Names are so important. When we name something, like suddenly there's a connection there. I can refer to you as a name as opposed to as just something. It brings relationship. And the Bible is all about relationship. This idea of being filled with the Spirit is all about God's love for his people, this relationship that he wants to grow. But I want to put this out there. Being filled by the Holy Spirit, to me, suggests that you can be filled by other things too. But that's not the only thing that we're filled with. We have a choice to make. What am I going to be filled with? And we read in the Bible, in Galatians 5, we read about the battle versus the flesh and the spirit. You know, and so often the flesh has these desires that want to fill within us that becomes that, it wants us to, to do all that stuff. You know, it's, uh, what does it say? Flesh, um, it's sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, jealousy, anger. This is the, the desires of the flesh. You know, are we filled with those things? Is that the thing that I allow to, to be who I am? Or am I going to be filled with the Spirit? And then we read of what the Spirit fills us with. And it's with love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. See, we're in a battle. We're in a battle today. And we make the choice of what we're filled with. We make the choice with what we're filled with. You know, and I even want to go as far as to say, as you can be a follower of Jesus Christ and not be filled with the Spirit. You can be a follower. You can have said yes to Jesus, but you're not filled with the Spirit. And why do I think that? Well, we read that in Acts 19, don't we? When the Apostle Paul, he comes across some disciples and he says to them, like, have you been filled with the Spirit? And they're like, what's the Holy Spirit? Well, who were you baptized? Well, we were baptized with John in the water. Well, now we're going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit because that is what makes the difference as a follower of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be someone who knows Jesus. I don't want to be someone who just follows Jesus. I want to be someone who is transformed by Jesus, by his Holy Spirit working in me and through me and the power that he has to give me. Because if you don't, then I think your life is wasted. I think your life is wasted. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? And when we say be filled, that sounds like it's a singular thing. It's not. You know, the, the word be filled in the scriptures in the origin is actually being filled. I am continually being filled with the Spirit daily, hourly, minutely, secondly, whatever you want to do. I am continually asking to be filled with the Spirit. This is a, not a one-time thing, but an ongoing thing. But why? I go back to my question. Why would I even want that? Why as a Christian, why as anyone would I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I'm going to three reasons that I want to go through real quick. Number one, because the Holy Spirit empowers you. It says, doesn't it? He says, Jesus says, but you will receive what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You see, I, I um, in the last week just joined a gym. I know you can tell. You see, I can be a member of a gym... But if I don't use its facilities, then it's a waste on me, isn't it? I'm not going to get any fitter, any stronger. I've got, to, I've got to engage with what's given to me in my right as a member. I think of that a little bit as a Christian. You know, we've got the accessibility to be filled with the Spirit, yet if I choose not to do that, then it's wasted. Yeah. I'm paying the membership for nothing. No impact, nothing. You see, unless see the whole story in this because quite often we can think of Acts and Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples and we think isn't that amazing let me remind you that the Holy Spirit was there from the very beginning 
It says in Genesis that the Spirit hovered over the waters. It's the Holy Spirit that breathed life into Adam. It was the Holy Spirit that made nothing into something. It was the Holy Spirit that saw Elijah perform the miracles that he did. It was the Holy Spirit that gave Samson his strength, that gave Solomon his wisdom, that gave the disciples the ability to drive out demons. You see, we see the Spirit throughout the whole of Scripture. And if we forget about him, then we're missing something major in the life of a Christian. And you know what's amazing is that that same power that we read about in Scripture is available to each and every one of us. It's available to you. Is that not amazing? Is that not the game changer that this same power that we read about here, the same power that can speak life into something, into dust, we hold inside of us that Jesus says you are going to be filled with that same power. And what's beautiful is that we see that this is played out in perfection in the life of Jesus. It's played out in perfection in the life of Jesus. You see, people can argue that Jesus could do what he did because he was God. And that's an okay argument, but it's not the best argument because Jesus was a man. It says he emptied himself to become man. He was a human being just like you and me, yet we see him do what he does because of the Holy Spirit's power within him. And yes, he was God, and yes, he was perfect, but we see the epitome of what living a life in the Holy Spirit is like through the eyes of Jesus. Being able to perform miracles, walk on water, water into wine, whatever you want to name is the miracle that you see, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit in a human being is what we witness in the scriptures. And we see this. Today, I know members of our congregation are going through tough times. This world is going through a tough time. This, I think this is going to be shifting for society what we're going through right now. I may be wrong, but I believe that it's going to be shifting for society what we're going through right now. And we see this picture of Jesus, and I sort of play it against Adam and Eve. And so you've got Adam and Eve, who are humans, in, uh, in the Garden of Eden. And what happens to them? They're tempted, and they fail. They eat the apple, and they fail. Now let's look at the life of Jesus, a human. He goes into the wilderness, he gets baptised, he goes into the wilderness, and he is tempted he doesn't fail. Now what's the difference? At Jesus' baptism, the Spirit comes upon him and the Spirit leads him out into the wilderness and it's because he is filled with the Holy Spirit of God that he is able to stand up to the enemy and say, no. We don't read in Genesis that Adam and Eve are filled with the Spirit there. I see that that is a key difference. You know, we want to face the things that this world has to offer or the thing that this world is throwing at us when we're filled with the Spirit, we're in good company to be able to stand up to it and say no. When the enemy throws daggers at you, you can stand in the Spirit with your shield and see them bounce off you. And it's why in John 14, Jesus says this, that you will do greater things than these because I'm going. And because I'm going, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit with you. That's, that's why he can say it with confidence because he knows that the power of God is going to become, is going to fall upon these disciples 
He knows that the same power that he's been walking with is the power that he's leaving behind with the disciples. Secondly, the Holy Spirit reveals to us. In 1 Corinthians 2 it says this, but God has revealed to us by the Spirit The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. It brings revelation. Revelation basically means it's something that I didn't know that I now know. When I read the scripture, when I find something new about God that I didn't know before, that's the Spirit working, bringing revelation to you to make you understand, help you understand. We see revelation of God through creation, don't we? The beauty and wonder of creation. When we see God in that, that's the Spirit. Through scripture, as I've just said, or even through others. Through you guys, when I see God working in and through you, that is the spirit at work revealing who God's character is, who his nature is, and he's bringing revelation to me. And do you know what is amazing? That God doesn't have to reveal himself to us. He's God. He could have chosen to keep himself closed off, yet he says, no, I want to reveal myself to my people and I'm going to enable them to do that by sending them my Holy Spirit. I want them to know who I am and I want them to know who they are in me. He chooses to step down. It's never forced, but he's chosen to reveal himself through the Spirit. And he continues to do it. Something called progressive revelation. He continues to reveal himself. It's like, I know something about God. And then the spirit moves again. It's like, I know it a little bit more. And then the spirit moves again. I know it a little bit more. And a bit more. And a bit more. And the beautiful thing is that it's endless. We're never going to fully understand who God is. Yet by his spirit, we can know a little bit more. And a little bit more. Don't ever be satisfied with what you currently know about God. Because there is so much more that you don't know. That he wants you to know. He wants you to know. See, and when the power of God is revealing himself to us through the Holy Spirit, that's when we're, we're, that's like the presence. You're in the presence of God when that happens. He's here. He's here. I believe he's here this morning. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. And that might be weird to you. But we're going to take time to allow him to speak to us, to show himself to us, because he wants to because he wants to and you know it's not just about Sunday services you don't just experience the spirit on a Sunday at 9.30 whatever the time is he's in you when you say yes I want to be filled that is me wherever I go Monday through to Sunday in everything that I'm doing I have the power of God living inside of me the Holy Spirit who reveals and continues to reveal who God is in my life not just in time segments that I give him. And lastly, this, a couple of minutes to go. The Holy Spirit unites us. If we flip over to Acts 2, the day of Pentecost when um, the Holy Spirit comes and falls upon the disciples, it says this in verse 4. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them Jumping on to verse 8. How is it that each of us can hear them in our own language, the people are saying? The Holy Spirit brings us together. He makes it possible that we are united in one. We see in the scriptures here that the Holy Spirit meant that everyone who was there on that very day understood what the disciples were saying. Is that just not bonkers? These people who were speaking languages that they'd never spoken before through the power of the Holy Spirit was able to speak out and everyone could understand to hear 
and have revelation for themselves as to who God is and what he has done for them. The Spirit doesn't discriminate. It breaks the barriers of segregation. Through the power of the Spirit, all can hear and all can understand. And we see this, Jesus' prayer before he goes to the cross. Jesus' prayer before he goes to the cross. We read this in John 17, 20 and 23. It says, I pray not only for these, meaning his disciples, those closest to him, but also for those who believe in me through their word. Do you know who that is? That's you. He's praying for you just before he goes to the cross. Isn't that amazing? All those who will believe through the words of his disciples, he is praying for you. And what does he say? May they all be one. As you, uh, the Father, and the Father in me, and I am in you. So Jesus cry before he goes to the cross is that you and me would be one would be united in and through him through the Holy Spirit that he has given see we each have our own race to run and we see that Paul, Paul writes about running the race yes we each have our own race we each have a plan that's destined for us that God has that's specific to us yet we're not meant to run it alone we're meant to run it together and it is through the Holy Spirit that enables us to do that enables us to do that you know it's how can you love your enemy I believe it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that you love your enemy how can you love the world through the power of the Holy Spirit you can start to love the world Jesus says that we are to love one another and it's through that love for one another that people will know who he is that they will see it's how we are together through the power of the Holy Spirit uniting us as one, the world will see who Jesus is. And if there's any time for the church to unite, I, don't, I can't see a better time than the time right now that we're in to unite as one, to be different to everybody else out there who is thinking about me, 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 for us to say, do you know what? The Holy Spirit's at work in me and I am about us all being as one because it's the love of God that is convicting me For us to be able to, to love the world the way that, the, that God loves the world, it's only through the Holy Spirit. For us to love one another the way God loves each and every one of you individually, is only through the Holy Spirit. Paul writes, we're to put on love. We're to put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Can I invite the band up, please? See, this whole book... We're talking about the Holy Spirit, but this whole book is a book about love. It's about relationship. We said, what are the, at the beginning, the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. But it all boils down to one thing. It's like God saying, these are, the, these are great things that you get with the Holy Spirit. But if you just want one thing to summarize everything that I'm about, everything that I am, it's love. God is love. For us to love one another and I believe we can only do that through the Holy Spirit at work in us now this year as we, we found out in our little game before that 2020 is Ivy's year of focus and the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit when it's at work in us it helps us keep focused on the main thing 
See, when my mind and my body is full of the Holy Spirit, it fixes my eyes on Him, on God the Father, on Jesus the Son, and all that they've done for me. The Holy Spirit enables me to stay focused on the race that I've got to run and not deviate to the schemes of the enemy and what this world is throwing at me. See, without the Spirit in us, without being filled with the Spirit, we can so easily slip into a life of bitterness, of jealousy, of gossip, of selfishness, whatever it is, you can name it. When we don't have the Spirit, we, we are so easy to slip away from what God has for us. Without the Spirit of God, we are powerless. We don't see any revelation. We don't unite together as one, but we become selfish. Yet when we ask, when we lay ourselves down at the foot of the cross and say, I am laying all of me so you can fill all of you in me, that is when we start to see joy, peace, love, faithfulness, kindness. When the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that's when you can step out knowing that you are empowered, knowing that you will receive revelation, knowing that you are united with the church. And I love this. You can't be full of the Spirit if you're full of yourself. So I want to invite you this morning to lay down the pride. Lay down the selfishness. Lay down the sin that the, is just robbing you of your joy. Robbing you of your peace. Robbing you of loving one another. Lay it all down this morning. And say, Lord, I am crying out to you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've got some uh, matches. I was going to do something to show you this morning, but I won't. I don't actually know if I'm allowed naked flames in here, so it's probably best that we don't. Ruth's staring at me. But I've got these matches. And why? Because we read, don't we, in, the, in, in Pentecost, what came upon the disciples, but the tongues of fire tongues of fire and when you strike a match it's got a small tongue of fire and I just want if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit just as a way of saying you know what Lord I'm laying everything down this morning I want to be filled with you and the match isn't anything special you know we can pray that ourselves but just as a symbol to take that away with you as a reminder daily to say Lord would you fill me again would you fill me again not half full God doesn't want half full people. He wants you to be full and overflowing. That is his promise to you. So you can come and you can grab a match and you can hold on to that. But we've got time this morning. We've got another 15 minutes or so. But we're just going to allow the Spirit to speak to us. Sometimes he speaks in words. Sometimes he speaks in pictures. Sometimes he speaks through scripture. Sometimes he speaks through song. He can speak in many different ways. But let's just allow the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us this morning. To come and breathe on us again. So that we don't leave this place being people that aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. But we leave this place empowered because of what God has given us as a free gift. And all he's saying is you've got to choose to take it. Let's stand if we're able. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org/media.